You damn right. Hope everybody's having a good Wednesday. Hope your hump day is not too hot out there. It's only 100 yesterday, technically, although I got home and my thermometer said like 108. So, man, what are you going to do? I hope you're staying cool out there. We're getting closer to football season. We got a lot of football stories to get into today. One of the dumbest things you've ever seen, followed by one of the other dumbest things you've ever seen, is a part of the crap bag today at 12. 45 and we will get into some longhorn stuff as we always do at 105 with one of our favorite guests it is chad and zay on this wednesday i am chad hastings and he is isaiah collier what's up zay what's good chad happy wednesday er body feeling good feeling great how are you man i'm doing all right Counting it down, Zay and I have today and we have tomorrow and we have next Tuesday. The two of us have three shows to go and then I'll be on Friday with Ty and Jacob and then Ty and Jacob are going to be doing Monday. That's kind of the last few are going to roll out, but our last show will be Tuesday, August 1st and there's been a lot of reminiscing going on around here for uh, the lineup that is uh, that is going away, which is pretty you know, it's sad, obviously. We talked about this before. Uh, you know, shows are born and shows die, unfortunately, and these forced divorces do happen. So it's been both, like, comforting in a way, but also kind of sad listening to the, the guy, different guys talk about uh, kind of how things are going to end. Uh, and I did want to give a quick shout-out to, um, I mean, all of the, the weekday shows uh, going away. It's really kind of crazy. Obviously, our show is is one thing, and we've – Almost made it a year. September 26th was when this one started. Light the Tower going away um, is, uh, you know, that one sucks. That's been through a couple different different versions of that show, but with Craig and Jeff and, and the guys they've worked with, that was obviously sad. Ball Don't Lie in the afternoon. I'm, I'm sorry that that show is not going to continue. I was kind of – I was part of – putting that show together and and uh, I'm also have become one of its biggest fans because as we drive away every day I'll listen to those guys and I, I enjoy the, the vibe there we'll definitely talk about those but the one that comes to my mind first is Bucky and Aaron I heard Bucky this morning on with Craig talking about some of the memories and I know Bucky had a statement earlier today which I've not been able to hear about kind of you know his feelings on things and I know it's got to be tough for him my guy because they've been through the forced divorce twice if you know their full history, like they always give themselves credit for whatever the 20 or 20 something years. It wasn't continuous. It was an on off. Bucky did radio with Bob Cole for a while. For people who don't remember that, Aaron's done shows with uh, the late, great Sean Adams, uh, did a show with my favorite dumpster diver insider um, back in the day. And, you know, there's, there's been a lot of different versions of things, but. In thinking of that, Zay, I realized today you and I have a unique perspective on that show because I produced them literally when they started, and you produced them damn near at the end. I always forget that. Like, I always throw in all the producers who I'm very tight with from BK, Trey Allen, Adam Wagner, Ty Henderson, and I always forget about you because it was that long ago. They've been doing this so damn long. <laughs> you were the first dude to be on the board for B&E. So, yeah, it makes sense why you and I share a close bond like I do with the rest of those fellas. I remember when Bucky could do a push-up. <laughs> yeah. I was on the board. I was the producer <clears throat> the day they did their first show and for the first little run of that show when they were in the midday. And I remember, like, 
you know, Bucky watching Bucky like learn the business and learn the the process and the rhythm of everything was incredible. And to me, the day Aaron Hogan was born was the day he went on air and made the argument that Troy Aikman sucked and was overrated and then defended it for like two or three hours. To this day, I still completely disagree with him, but I respected the fact that he was going to try it. Yeah. And I was like, man, the, growing up in Houston really can't screw with your head. <laughs> okay. But the people ended up respecting him for that, and the phones melted. Back then, it was only phones, no, t- right. no text and stuff. So the phones melted, and they freaked out on him. But watching those two guys develop – Together was incredible. And then the other thing I'll say, Zay, you've been around this too. But I I never did a show with Bucky continuously. But then a few years ago, I got to do the pregame show with him. And we were down on Bevo Boulevard the year it started. We were down there when Bevo Boulevard was born, and we got to see that energy build and get created by CDC and the crew. But to watch people show up and wait to a break just to meet Bucky was awesome. Awesome. I've been around a lot of cool people that other people want to meet, and I just get to sit back. I love being an outsider, being a fly on the wall, and I'll just kind of try to blend in and let them watch the process. I've watched full-grown men bring their wives and kids just to meet Bucky, and watching that interaction is incredible. He is the heart and soul of this station and every station he's ever been a part of. He is the mascot to me, and I mean that in the best way possible because I just the people love him so much. They're drawn to him. He's got this right. magic about him, and uh, I just, yeah, it, it, it made me a little emotional driving in today thinking about it because I've known both those guys so long and was there at the beginning and – the the evolution of everything is so crazy. So I hate it for them that they've been forced apart for a second time. But there's going to be a lot of memories. So soak up every blitz you can and soak up every buck on and buck off. Uh, it is going to be a, a shame to see it go. Yeah, absolutely. And both of those guys, I owe them everything. Like E. Hogan, when he was program director in the midst of COVID and stuff, he gave me a call and said, hey, you want to try being our producer? And I jumped on it so quick, just knowing the history of all the rest of those producers and the trajectory that comes with that. Like, how can you not jump on that opportunity and learning from the both of them just being professional, waking up that early and given the best show and probably Central Texas in the last 20 something years that they did every single day for all the days that they did it. Like it's something that I marvel and I'm very prideful that I was behind the board for those two years. Like, again, it changed my life. E. Hogan, like, he didn't have to take that chance on me. He has a lot of people in his phone, and he did that, and it worked out. Like, it was really fun working with them. And then Bucky Gobbo, I talked to him damn near every day. Mm-hmm. Like, that dude's, like, my great uncle that I never had. Like, yeah, you've always... gotten into Bucky Circle. Oh, yeah. The Bucky Circle is a pretty tight circle. Not everybody's in it. I'm uh, not in the everyday. He'll call. He and I talk a decent amount. Right. But I'm not in the everyday circle. Yeah. You're yeah. in that circle. And his personality is just infectious, man. Like, what y'all hear every day on these airwaves, that's exactly how he is. Just a good person, loves to have fun, and, like, he means well. He wants you to be the best that you can be, and he's giving me so much game and so much, so many different, you know, very important talks that I've had with him, and I appreciate all of it. And, yeah, it's definitely sad to see all the shows go, but, yeah, I know that show holds a special place not only in my heart but a lot of people that listen to them over the 20 years yeah i just i I gotta give him that seniority right all these other shows ending is sad for for me i'm connected to all of them but that one's got the seniority there so uh, i thought we'd give him a special mention today and shout out to all those guys the big 11
11 is what I call the weekday shows. I have something on my email. When I send it, I just type in Big 11, and it sends it to everybody that deals with these four shows that, to me, is like that's the lifeblood, that's the, the engine of it, and we kind of work out from there. So uh, it is just it, it's so sad to think about all of them having their last show on August 1st. Uh, and again, starting August 2nd, new lineup horn will still exist just don't know the particulars there if uh if we find out before our last show we'll let you know otherwise uh the good thing about nowadays versus when i started because zay you heard him call me an old man because i was producing bucky and air when they started back then there was no social media because when you were done you were done you just you just vaporized and you went off into nothing all you had was this all you had was the microphone what if i don't have this they'll never know Nowadays, though, you can follow on social media and all that kind of stuff. So we'll be letting you know, reminding you of that. That's why I've been trying over these last few years, um, few years, probably a decade or so, to ma- mention those Twitter handles as much as I can because it, it's another way for you to connect with not only our guests but connect with our guys as well. So uh, shout out to all those guys and uh, all their hard work for uh, for years and years now. All right, so obviously uh, it is a sports talk show, and we'll do that. We'll continue to reminisce over the next next few days about the shows and everything and we do thank you for your support remember specs text line 337-3776 for a fun conversation today how about this you want to feel old mick jagger's 80 today wow 80 years old for mick jagger how about a mount rushmore of lead singers how about your favorite lead singers today if you could only have if you could tell everybody about four lead singers and how much you love them who would they be off the top of my head i went mick jagger robert plant steven tyler and i've got yeah. an o- and i got an open spot yeah steven tyler that came to mind dude he's so good i'm gonna g- i'm gonna see him in october and i can't wait and he's 75 isn't he in and out of rehab still? That that's taken he, care of, right? I think so. I think he's okay. good. Right. I think he's, he's good. good. That's another right. thing. I should I should have said, Lord willing, the creek don't rise. I'm going to see him in, in October. Yes, I hope he's doing all right. But for lead singers, again, this doesn't like Celine Dion does not count. Jay Z does not count. Those are individual artists. They are the whole the whole show. I'm talking about a lead singer in a band or an ensemble. So we'll be talking about it throughout the show today. I want to pick Zay's brain on some of the ensemble hip hop groups that are famous See, that's always tough because it's like a so we talked before the show if i go see public enemy we could all agree chuck d's the lead singer yes okay what about nwa in their prime easy e easy e's the lead singer but ice cube's one of the greatest rappers of all time and then dr dre's dr dre so i think nwo you might could argue the beatles theory the Beatles don't have a lead singer. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan. There, there you go. Now, that's a fan- you said NWO. That's, that's, why I, that's why I went on. That is the that. best analogy ever. I was hoping I said NWA, but if I said NWO, it, everybody would understand why. But with the Beatles, Paul and John both did so much, nobody would ever say either of them is the lead singer of the Beatles. It didn't exist. The leader, the Beatles don't have a lead singer. Neither did Kiss. Paul and Gene were important enough that nobody would ever say one was the lead singer. So that's what I would do with NWA. I'm going to give those guys, I, like you said, I got to give Ice Cube enough respect and then probably by extension Dr. Dre enough respect that that group does not have a lead singer. Yeah. Now, we're talking about Ghetto Boys or something like that. I don't think Scarface is the lead singer, but... And you think about Ghetto Boy, Scarface is the first person that comes to mind. You know, there's a lot of those. Like when you think Outkast, 
everybody thinks Andre 3000 first, mm-hmm. just automatically, even though Big Boy is Big Boy. He's legit. But Andre 3000, he's so out there, and his lyrics are so crazy. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. So you yeah. think he'd be the lead of Outkast? I mean, not necessarily, because yeah. I really love some big boys. Same with Tribe Called Quest, like Q-Tip and Fife Dog. Q-Tip produces, and he raps. Fife Dog just raps, but Fife Dog's lyrics, talking about the New York Knicks and all the sports analogies and stuff, you're like... You can't have Tribe Called Quest without Fife Dog. So that's, in hip hop, yeah. it's a lot different. Now, than yeah, that's true. What it is in rock and roll, that's a good and point. metal, and et cetera. A lot of times in, in hip hop, we're going to end up with just it's a collaboration and you kind of have to leave it at that. And it will be more like the Beatles. And for the person that texted, I love those hip hop acts, but they don't count as singers. No, no, we're not, we're not playing that game today. We're not playing that game. We're, you want to go front people? If that's important to you, fine, whatever. We're not, we're not debating the differences there. We're just talking about the person that runs the stage, the person that controls controls the stage somebody says plant jagger chris cornell and rob halford those are great those are great great lead singers destiny's childs obviously beyonce not even close there you go not even close right there you go destiny so beyonce could be considered in the discussion if you're talking about destiny's child yes now she's her own thing and she's always the discussion all right so if you want to throw in on that you can uh also we've got uh, some football to get into today longhorn fans 38 days till the first game by the way i did not mention brian robison yesterday when it was 39 days but i think brian robison was 39 at texas he's one of my favorite longhorns of all time zay because he's one of my favorite evolution guys of all time at one point he was a liability there were jokes among the longhorn fans about all the other team does is run right at Brian Robinson. That's all they do. People didn't know how to pronounce his name at the beginning. Is it Robinson or is it Robinson? Trust me, by the end, they all knew. They all knew what it was. And Brian Robinson turned into the guy that came off the edge and crushed <laughs> Rhett Bomar and dropped that ball on the ground. And as Rod Wright chugged it into the end zone, it was Robinson that got to enjoy it. And then he had a, a, an incredibly successful NFL career as a badass in Minnesota. And, oh, he's, pr- and he's probably out there hunting – and, you know, hunting, tracking, and killing something today. He loves the outdoors. He might love the outdoors more than DeMarvion Overshone does. That's hard to do. But Brian Robinson might be that guy. So shout out to him. Uh, yesterday was his day, 39 days. Today's 38 days till Texas plays Rice. And we're 46 days away from the first NFL Sunday. So we have a lot of good NFL stories as training camps are opening. And it feels like once everybody gets together at training camp, let's get those salary cap people in there. Let's get those contracts out. Let's start signing stuff. And, Zay, we are also going to get into the South divisions today. We're talking AFC and NFC South. And how about the Houston Texans? They have come to an agreement on an extension for Titus Howard. So they've locked down their right tackle for at least three more years. $36.5 million guaranteed, $56 million uh, on the extension. Titus Howard was a, big, a big-time pick for them. He's been really good, and now he's been rewarded. Yeah, yeah, and the Texans, you know, we're going to talk about them a little later, but they're going to try to be competitive as they can be. At the end of the day, they're still rebuilding. I mean, they did a lot to get Will Anderson at three. You know, they got C.J. Stroud at two. So, yeah, this is a big-time pick, picking up, um, you know, this offensive tackle and Howard. And, I mean, (laughs) again like just going over the AFC South like it's hard to 
think of them being competitive, but with D'Amico Ryan's there and they're bringing in guys like Jimmy Ward and they brought in the offensive coordinator from San Francisco. So hopefully they mm-hmm. bring in that type of, you know, winning mentality since San Francisco's had success over the past few years under Shano. So, yeah, I, at the end of the day, it's a quarterback-driven league. We know C.J. Stroud can be good, but I think he's going to have his ups and downs like every rookie and what's around them. Yeah, they're talented, but they're so young, it's going to be hard for them to compete with you know the rest of the AFC South. It's a great story, Titus Howard. If you don't remember, we always say if you're good enough, they'll find you. Alabama State. Not Alabama. Not Nick Saban. Alabama State. First round pick. 2019. 23rd pick. Houston takes him there, and now they have re-upped him. So if you're a Houston fan and you're really excited about what could happen with Stroud you know, in the future, realize this. You just shored up your right tackle. Your left tackle, Tunsil, was already shored up. Shaq Mason, the right guard, has also gotten a deal to shore him up. So the Texans are trying to do what I would argue the Cowboys had taken care of years ago, which was let's see if you can get at least three of the five figured out, maybe even four or five at a time, and you really feel good about it. But I think that's a big move for the Texans. So and Shaq Mason came from the Bucks, right? I believe that is true. Yeah. Yes, and they you're right. They brought him over, and then of course Tunsil came in after all the craziness where. He is so far beyond that draft night story. Yeah, man. I love it for him. He started in Miami, right? And then eventually ended up in Houston. Yo, Kevin Durant was just on some little panel or whatever talking about how he walked in to some event where commissioner, NBA commissioner Adam Silver was there uh-huh. smelling like the chronic. And they were asking them questions on this panel like, yeah, you're basically the advocate for weed in the NBA. And he was like, no, I'm not that. But everybody in the NBA treats weed like wine. And Adam Silver, when he smelt it on me and I told him, you know, how it's beneficial, which he should already know. He's commissioner of the league. That's why they took out the drug testing. And all that stuff. So, yeah, like the Laramie Tunsil thing, that's that's um, it's crazy how that was even a story. I know. It just looks bad because it's a gas mask and we got a lot of boomers and old souls out there that, oh, boy, look at the smoking weed. It's basically crack. It's basically meth. He's going to be doing meth next. Oxycontin, all this stuff. He's addicted. He's not going to work hard. He's lazy. He's going to have the munchies all the time. Just every ridiculous stereotype that weed comes with. Like, that's what they were throwing on Larry Matunzel. So, yeah, they're building their offensive line. But at the end of the day, it's what C.J. Stroud can do. Yeah, it's big, big stuff. Yeah, we'll be talking some AFC and NFC South later on, let you know about some of the big games the Texans have coming. And, of course, it's Jacksonville trying to run that division. Of all the teams we're talking about today, AFC and NFC South, realize this, only one had a winning record last year. Barely. Jacksonville, 9-8. and That's it. Four of the other teams were seven and ten, and the other two are worse than that. Yeah, and Jacksonville started three and seven. That's Somehow true. Somehow it all yep. came together for them. That's a good point. Good point. Uh, good text coming in on the Specs text line, 337-3776. Oh, this is a great way to do it. Somebody When they're talking about lead singer, somebody says, Michael Jackson, Justin Timberlake, Busta Rhymes from Leaders of the New School. Yes, you can do that if you want. When you go on to a big solo career, if you were, if you were a lead singer at one point, I guess you could say that. Okay. So, somebody is arguing that Prince was the lead singer of Prince and the Revolution. Look, <laughs> all right, this is a tough one right here. I'm going to throw it out. New edition, Ralph, he was the lead singer. Mm. But Bobby 
had the better career, solo career. See, that's another one where I would make the Beatles argument. I would say there's enough talent in that group that I'm not going to say they have a one lead singer. They're but, not going to have one. Michael Jackson was the lead singer I'm, of I'm the Jackson you, Five, Ra- no doubt. Ralph was the lead singer, no doubt. They barely had Bobby came in for okay. you know the bridge and stuff like that. But nah, Ralph, they thought he was going to be the next Michael Jackson. So what about later on? Was there a time? Because later on, there was a time without Ralph and Bobby was there. Is that right? Or I am I mixing Ralph it up? Ralph was there the whole time. Bobby, oh, no. Bobby left and Johnny Bobby Gill. Bobby left. Johnny Gill came in. That's what it was. And then okay. Bell Biv DeVoe did their thing. Yeah, yeah, and, I got you. Okay. Yeah. That's an interesting argument. Yeah, I guess it would depend on what you thought of Bobby Brown's work there with, uh, with them. Yo, look, I, man, I'm so tired of having to put some respect on my name. No, that was not a nine-foot rim that y'all see me dunking oh, on, here on Twitter. That is regulation. You do realize you probably just added more to it by sending out the video. I'm kind of glad you did, but all everybody does nowadays is pick (laughs) apart everything. This is regulation. This isn't no Woody Harrelson, Wesley Snipes issue, uh, White Man Can't Jump, where he bet Uh Willie to go dunk it three times and Willie couldn't. And Willie's like, oh, this is regulation? No, Woody, I mean, excuse me. It was regulation. Okay, so let me clarify. So 10-foot rim, and it was a regular a regulation basketball. Yes. Okay. A men's ball. Yes, exactly. Two hands. So for all of you out there, the Jeff Howes, the Cameron Parkers, I saw Ty Henderson taking a yeah, shot what at a you. Yeah, hater. The Westlake. You knew the Westlake uh, guy was coming after you. Yeah, talking about AI yeah. is just crazy nowadays, uh, this and that. Now, I he, might have looked like D-Way, but that ain't no AI. That's all me, playboy. He accused you of doctoring <laughs> the video. He thought you had enough time to doctor up a video. Come on now. You got to go check that out if you haven't. Zay is at ain't that underscore Zay on Twitter. I'm at C Hastings 1049. And yesterday the issue was who could dunk more easily now? Zay, Mark Henry, or Cameron Parker from Light the Tower. And Zay was just upset. Not that the other two got discussion. Zay was just upset he was out of the discussion. Everybody just that, talk, that talked about it kind of threw Zay to the side and were making this a Mark Henry-Cameron Parker debate. Zay just didn't want to be forgotten. That's what I'm saying. You know, I mean, I'm a shooter at the end of the day. You know, it's not about me getting up or not. Don't leave me 30 feet or less. Like I will knock that right. down. Don't so leave is me this, open. Is our new goal out here in the, at the on the in the parking lot? Is it ten feet? Have you checked it? I haven't checked it. I'm assuming it's a little it, hot outside. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I haven't even been over there. I'm not even trying to see what's going on. If over I walk there. over there, I might pass out. Yeah, I know what the rim looks like. So I wonder if we got you and Mark Henry and Cameron Parker over there right now today, what would happen? Mm. Would we have three dunks? First of all, I mean, Cam dunked two days ago, so he's good. We'd have at least one. Yeah. If Mark Henry's out there, he could tell us if we'd have two. I'm asking you, would we have three? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm barely touching backboard right now. Yeah. And again, all you know, everybody out on the table, I've never been able to dunk a day in my life. Not one day have I ever been able to dunk anything. Ping pong balls, tennis balls, marbles. I've never been able to dunk on a 10-foot rim ever. Yeah. I can touch. Touching the net was a big deal for me. Like, being able to touch the net and maybe grab on and hang on the net was a big deal for me. And that's a shame. Because I got with, no ups. With those calves, you should have been like Rex Chapman. Yeah, they're not springy. I don't know what they did. They're not for much. <laughs> they're just for show, apparently. <laughs> they're just, they're like, they're like Phil calves, but I can't even drive a golf ball like that. They don't do anything. Some people that watched me play tennis back day, in the day would tell you, no, nah, they didn't do much there either. <laughs> <laughs> 
They didn't do a whole lot there either. All right, there's the big news for the Texans. We'll talk more NFL coming up. The NFL Top 100 is starting to come out. Unfortunately, you may have to pay a little extra to see it if you want to. We'll get you that. I'll tell you about the stupidity in baseball in the crap bag. And Justin Wells of Inside Texas and On3.com joins us at 105 to talk Longhorn stuff as we are 38 days away from Texas and Rice. Stay with us. It's the Horn. Chad and Zay. Oh, yeah. Come on, Brian. You could do it. Yeah. With all due respect to Brian Adams, it's the woman in this video that I remember most. Y'all do remember the woman that took off the, those tight jeans and jumped into that empty pool and then somehow came out of it all soaking wet? What? That was video magic. Don't, don't ask. You don't need a plot. You don't need a plot. Trust me. Back in the 80s, they didn't need anything. They just needed a couple snorts of cocaine before the project started and a couple celebratory, you know, probably snorts afterwards. Yeah. Empty pool. That's weird. It was weird. The band was playing in an empty pool. Brian Adams and Cuts Like a Knife, ladies and gentlemen. And I'll connect it back to Mick Jagger because I saw Brian Adams open for the Stones back in 94 when Mick wasn't 80. Today, Mick is 80. I saw Mick when he was whatever it would be in 2015. Everybody do that math with me. He was like 71, 72 the last time I saw the Stones, and he was awesome. He was incredible. At 71 or 72, Mick was still Mick. Uh, We're asking for your Mount Rushmore of uh, lead singers today. Craig Way sent us his. He goes Mick, Steven Tyler, Roger Daltrey of The Who, and Freddie Mercury. Freddie, what a great front man he was. Uh, honorable mention, Robert Plant, David Lee Roth, Steve Perry. Uh, and Aaron Hogan jumped in. He gave us half of his Mount Rushmore as Eddie Vedder and Chris Robinson. Aaron, a little bit on the younger side of things in terms of music from where Craig is. And those two guys are, are great. I love Chris Robinson of The Crows. I'm actually going to go see Pearl Jam for the first time this year. Eddie is a big-time Big-time lead singer in the rock world, so shout-out to him. And, yes, Aaron Hogan, I know Kenyon Green, who played at A&M, is on the Texans. They just didn't They didn't just recently re-up him. But it is another good reason why I'd feel good if I was a Texans fan. Feels like they're going to be able to block. I don't know if they can do anything else. <laughs> but I like Kenyon Green. Now, we'll see what kind of pro he's going to be. Kenyon had his ups and downs in college. If he can become dominant at left guard – then they've got everything but center locked in, and then I'd have to double-check on who that center would be right now, but they're really putting together a nice O-line. Yeah, yeah, at least they'll be able to protect their second pick of the draft, quarterback, and C.J. Stroud. We know that. Yeah. So, I'm, see- yeah. I'm seeing their center listed as Juice Scruggs from Penn State. Don't know that name. Sorry, Texans fans. My bad. A second-round pick in 2023. Okay. So they, so they don't have center figured out. Yeah, this Damian, just in. Damian Pierce, he had a really good rookie year last year, so I expect him to have another good season this year. So if he could run behind that good offensive line, then they're going to be competitive. It's just yeah. like, you know, wow, what does that mean? Like everybody yeah. in the NFL is competitive. Like what does that mean for them? Do they have the talent enough and the coaching enough to get them over the hump? I don't think so. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how good the Texans can be. They're coming from a spot, obviously, where when you're coming from three or four wins, to me, you're just trying to find 
uh, you know, is is five too much to ask for? Yeah. Like that was my number for them last year, and they couldn't get there. Uh, so I'll set that as a mark again. They were three thirteen and one because the NFL still can't figure out how to not have a tie. So they should have been, you know, whatever three and fourteen or four and thirteen. So you know, can you get to five? And we'll look at their schedule later and figure out can they get there. We're talking AFC and NFC South today. Texans fans. Um, interestingly enough, Houston because they were last place, they play Denver and they play Arizona, but they also play the Jets. So it's like, congratulations, you get a last-place schedule, but that involves facing Aaron Rodgers. It's a weird anomaly in this schedule. So we'll see how that works out for Houston. All right, so Chad and Zay with you on this Wednesday. Uh, We'll get you some really weird uh, stuff in the crap bag. If you missed it last night in baseball, there was some wild history. Also, congrats to the Astros for another win over my Rangers. They've cut it to one one. Mm. And Zay, I'm not saying any cheating was done because I think they got the call right, but in each of these first two games, there's been a massive moment where they go to the replay and it went the Astros' way both times. And I think both calls were right, but man, they were both close. Yeah, it's almost August. This is when the Astros start to turn it up and look forward to the postseason. And when the Rangers usually start to fall, it's not good. And the extra little dagger to the ribs, Altuve and Jordan Alvarez were both watching like I was last night. They were both out of the game. And after the game... Dusty Baker, yeah, I think we might get them back. Man, maybe tomorrow. Maybe they're off the I.L. tomorrow. Mm. gummit. All right, so that's one more game in that series tonight. Astros with a sweep could even things up tonight. Best the Rangers could do is only uh, losing one game of ground if they could get it back to two tonight. We'll see what happens. That's about 7 o'clock. But we're also talking NFL in terms of it's happy and sad for me on this one, Zay, because I love the NFL Top 100. The players vote. We get to see it every year, but you gave me the bad news earlier that I can't see it this year unless I pay that NFL Plus money. Yeah, it's only on NFL Plus, but you can go on YouTube and bootleg it. Somebody's out there doing that, so shout out to you. There's always that guy that's bootlegging things, that's making things easier for us cheap folks out there. Do you have like a bootleg address for people that would, wouldn't yeah, get YouTube. you in trouble? You just YouTube it. Yeah, you just YouTube it. Okay. Yeah. I've it's heard. not like old school, you're stealing cable or anything. Like It's him that's going to get in trouble, not us. Because my favorite old soul, Kevin Dunn, has been telling me about YouTube for years. Kevin Dunn loves the YouTube rabbit hole. That's how he listens to music and finds all kinds of stuff. So Kevin's probably already seen this. Yeah, they used to have movies on YouTube, and they've somehow, uh, yeah, they've yeah. got rid of those and stuff. <laughs> that was The that two was, and a half hour? Yeah, that, that was a little much, but yeah, for certain things, you can check it out. All right, so what stands out to you uh, from 100 to 71? I do not have the list in front of me. I don't have the NFL Plus yet, but what stands out to you 100 to 71? Uh, Garrett Wilson at 74. Ooh, good for him. Yeah, that stands out because DeAndre Hopkins is 90. Ooh. So wow. look, I, y'all know I'm biased out here. Garrett Wilson being from these parts, being one of the best high school football players to ever come out of this area, yet alone Texas. Like a part of me says, I get it. But we're talking about DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. And I get, you know, he did his PED things, and that's gonna always taint him for life. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, DeAndre Hopkins is an absolute dog. And it goes to show that with the new guys coming into the league that get to vote, like they'll support 
the young guys, even though you only had one year under your belt. Right, but it's about, we've been saying it, it's about what you do with that year. This was the discussion we had for Garrett and should he have been, you know, obviously being Offensive Rookie of the Year, but then we were talking about him on the list of receivers and where would he belong and all that kind of stuff. And when the players and coaches and staff voted on the best receivers, we talked about him there. But this is the players are voting. Yeah. So the fact that they put him in there and got him even in – I mean, if he was at 95, I'd be impressed. The fact that they got him up into the 70s already, that tells me he's making an impact. Like, Garrett Wilson, to put things in perspective, Terry McLaurin, another Ohio State guy, 94. Scary Terry? Scary Terry, who's an absolute problem. Who Again, and if you look at Garrett Wilson's quarterback situation last year, trash. So he did a lot with the very little that he had, but I would say that about Terry McLaurin, but he had Taylor Heineke throwing to him. So, you know, I don't know. Y'all know I love some Taylor Heineke, but I want to consider him one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. It's just obviously these things are subjective and it's fun to see, but, yeah, man, that that very much stands out, Garrett Wilson being the 74th best player in the National Football League, according to his peers. Dude, that is impressive. By the way, be honest, brand-new Falcons fan. If Heineke becomes the quarterback and he hands off to Bijan and Bijan scores a touchdown, how quickly are you going to be tweeting out that they are the greatest quarterback-running-back combo in history? I'm not going to tweet that out. now. Are you sure? Now, if he throws them a nice little wheel route on the money, because we know that's a big part of Bijan's charm, Uh the fact that he's one of the best receivers playing the running back position, then then I might tweet something a little crazy. Then you're going to tweet out, Reggie Bush is is alive. (laughs) The evolution of Reggie Bush is here. Nah. Eat your heart out, Matt Leiner. Hey, hey, it's going to be something special down there in A-Town. That's okay. for sure. Yeah, we're going to talk about your your new team, the Atlanta Falcons, today with B. John Robinson. Another reason we thought talking about the South Divisions would be cool today. All right, so uh, 100 to 71. So yeah. if, if you have the list in front of you, who's 100, just to let them know? Um, Devontae Smith. Eagles wide receiver. Okay, Devontae Smith getting into the list yeah. at 100, and then at the back side of it on or the better the, the good side, obviously. It you said 74 is Garrett Wilson. Who's 71? Who's the latest? One uh, we've DeForest heard? Bunker, D lineman, the Colts. DeForest Buckner, got you, got yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So they're rolling, and this is the one that what two years ago it was Brady. But last year was Mahomes. Yeah, at number one. that sounds right. Aaron Donald's been on top of this list before. That sounds right. Now the players also think Justin Fields is better than Trevor Lawrence. They got Justin Fields at eighty six. Trevor Lawrence at ninety six. Is that right? I don't know about that. Trevor Lawrence showed me a little something last year. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence may want to put that on the old bulletin board. I would. Put that on there for some motivation. NFL Top 100 is out there, but unfortunately you have to have the NFL Plus to go check it out. But it is a cool barometer because it's the players. They set the players down. Here's the rules as I understand it. You're allowed to vote for anybody you want except yourself. You can vote for your teammates, but you just can't vote for you. So outside of that, there are no rules, and they have to be obviously current players. So nobody can vote for Tom Brady this year. Mm -hmm. That's not allowed. Um, But everybody else is obviously there. Uh, I'm interested to see, like, how high does Aaron Rodgers end up on this list? Aaron Rodgers has probably been top 15 to 20 every year forever. So where does he end up? And now that Brady's out, is it still going to be Mahomes, the top quarterback? I would assume after winning the Super Bowl, Mahomes is going to get his love. I can't think of anyone off the top of my head that would go above Mahomes this year. Right. 
And, you know, I, I'm with you right there, too. And at the end of the day, like, which players are being objective about the situation? Which players are not looking like, oh, I go against this guy as a corner. This is a wide receiver. I hate him. He ain't making my list. But he was all pro last year. Right. You know, who, 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 yeah. what players are going about it that way? What players right. are being biased to their own teammates? Well, should yeah. it be as high, et cetera? How There's about, a lot that goes into it. How about this? What about the other side of that? What about a, a receiver, if you're a DB, what about a receiver that had a great year and you want to kind of maybe kick him up the list a little bit to, in a way, justify what he did to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. this dude's a badass. I might want to make him top 10. Yeah. Top 10. Oh, didn't he catch, like, five touchdowns against you? Shut up, man. Leave me, leave me alone. <laughs> so I would love to know that, too. When how, Do the players get together when they vote? Do they call each other? Hey, man, did you get your NFL top 100 thing? Well, what, are you, what are you doing? Yeah, because I did watch the uh, Terry McLaurin one. And Jair Alexander, cornerback for the Packers, who's going to be on the list pretty high because he's one of the top corners in the league, he was like, yeah, he roasted me one day. But I had an off day. I wasn't on. Well, that's the other great part about that show, however you get to see it, NFL Plus this year, but to listen to those guys talk about each other. I love it. I love listening to the O-linemen tell you how badass the D-linemen are and so on and so forth. I love all that stuff and, and how honest they can be. Plus, correct me if I'm wrong, Zay, they don't have those guys fill out a hundred do they yeah i think they do i thought they just had them go like one to 25 or 30 or something like that do they actually have them go to 100 i think each they guy try. yeah do they at least try Man, that's yeah got, that's got to be tough if i'm asked to go 100 guys all the way down the list i mean as a front office guy gm and coach i would hope you know the rest of the league nice. when we scout that's these true. guys every week yeah you're right and what we put into it like, you're right. yeah hell yeah i hope you know what's going on in your league then you know there's a lot of weird phone calls going on between players like, hey man who do you have at 85 <laughs> well, who's your who's your 85 <laughs> i'm trying to figure it out all right coming up justin wells inside texas at 105 we'll talk longhorn stuff with him uh up next in the crap bag sometimes it takes stupid to make history sometimes it takes it twice i'll tell you about it next on the horn chad and zay oh now here's a guy we could talk about for best lead singers it is. I mean, his name was on the band. It is Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, after all. This is a great one. This is a great Tom Petty song. Uh, here comes my girl, right? That's right. The line in the middle where he says, watch her walk. We all know what he means by that. Watch her walk. Exactly. Uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers and Brian Adams today. Talking favorite lead singers because Mick Jagger is 80 years old. Someone sent us this text. Smokey Robinson, that's a good one. Diana Ross, Jagger, and Steven Tyler. Prince would be on the list, but that wasn't really a lead singer gig. He was just the GOAT. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Somebody else says Freddie Mercury, Dave Grohl, Anthony Kiedis, and Burt McCracken. Is that a legit name, Burt McCracken? I don't recognize that name. Uh, Chris Cornell, Kurt Cobain got mentioned. Somebody brings, oh, Alvin, lead singer of Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh, yeah. Solid lead singer. Kind of like Tom Petty. Eric Clapton from Cream. Hey, I've told the story. The first time I ever heard Refugee by Tom Petty, Alvin and the Chipmunks were singing it on one of those records where they just remade pop songs. Weird. That's the only, only vinyl I've ever purchased in my life. The only record. 
Everything else was cassettes. Isn't and your then, daughter still collecting and vinyl? And then CDs. She got into vinyl for a while. She's doing a little, she dabbles. Okay. I'm trying to keep her away from the vinyl. It's too damn yeah. expensive. Yeah, it's a little pricey. It's insane. You're going to go buy a, like a, hey, I'm going to go get the get this Eminem album on uh, vinyl. How much is it? It's just 55 bucks. <laughs> oh, like, no, what? sir. What are you talking about? James Brown gets mentioned. James Brown to me is... I don't know. I don't get that one. I wouldn't consider him a front man, right? That's James Brown. Yeah. He, there wasn't a full band there. The I mean, there's JBs? a band up there was with the, him. Was it the JBs? What was it? Right. I know. Was it? It wasn't James Brown and the Somebodies. This was. It's James Brown. Yeah. He's he's his own thing. Um, you know, James Brown or Ray Charles or somebody like that. I wouldn't consider them a front man. They're just the whole deal. So we're talking front men because of Mick today. Also, we'll talk some Texas stuff at uh, 105 with Justin Wells of Inside Texas and On3.com. Longhorn recruiting stuff, the good and the bad. Uh, Justin is out in East Texas, which is not exactly where Lancaster is, but he covers a lot of the different parts of the state. I want to know how big a deal he thinks it is when Corian Gibson of Lancaster picks Clemson over Texas, and then what does he think of the Longhorn class as it's setting in 2024? All right, let's get to the crap bag here, and I'll tell you about a double layer of stupid that happened last night. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just... Think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Shout out to Tom McKay, one of our great partners around here at the Horn. AV Consultations doing great work. So, Zay, I, I try to be as fair a fan as I can, and yes, I love it when my teams do something good, but I'm going to call it like I see it. So last night, one of my baseball teams, yes, I have two of them, I know it breaks the rules, but I'm a Rangers guy and a Braves guy. Last night, my Braves pulled off a historic triple play, but I can't give them any credit for it because it took a lot of stupid to create this triple play. Last night, the Braves turned an 8-3-5 triple play. Kids, if you don't know, every baseball player has his own number designation for the position. So what that means is the center fielder threw the ball to the first baseman who then threw it to the third baseman for a triple play. It's only the second time it's ever happened in the history of baseball. The only other time it happened was 1884. It was so long ago, Zay, the team that did it was called the Bean Eaters. Wow. Couldn't make that up if I tried. So if you want to give Michael Harris the center fielder and Matt Olson the first baseman and Austin Riley the third baseman credit, I'll let you do it because I'm a Braves fan and I love those guys. But the stupid guys really should get the credit because – for a triple play to happen, you got to have no outs, right, by definition. And in this case, you've got to have two guys on base. So the idiots on base are what created this. First off, Adam Duvall. Adam was on first base. This ball was hit into center field, and Harris had to run in about, I don't know, five to eight steps. Zay, he did not dive. He did not run that fast. He didn't stick his glove down. He fielded the ball normally. But Adam's dumbass was so far off of first base, Harris was able to easily throw it to first and get him out. But wait, stupid part two was Masataki Yoshida. He was the idiot on second base. And in this case, he thought to himself, well, first I'm going halfway, which he did. Then he starts to head back and he realizes, wait a minute. While he's throwing it somewhere else, I could tag up and go to third. No, you can't, you moron. So he tries that, and as soon as Olsen looks up, he realizes, is this idiot going to third? He throws it over to Austin Riley, and every person listening right now, 
if we were all Austin Riley, we get to catch the ball and wait on that runner. I mean, he beat him by two and a half, three feet. So congratulations to the Braves for making some history. But extra congratulations to Duvall and Yoshida for being two of the dumbest base runners I have ever seen in my life. I can't wait to hear Mike Harge go off on this during Ball Don't Lie. Because Mike Harge, Zay, he knows what it's about to be a base runner in the major leagues. These are major league baseball players. And they forgot all the rules all at once and created a historic triple play. Yeah, I'm watching it right now. It's just an absolute bad move. Oh, my God. I know why they wear those Boston jerseys. Isn't it for, what, the bombing during the run? That is, I believe, special. That's the City Connection jerseys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Okay, so they get a pass for that, but still – Yikes. Oh. This is an absolute joke. You know what makes it extra dumb? They ended up winning the game. Boston did 7-1. to one. It was 2-1 Red Sox at that moment. In the third inning, there was no extra pressure. There was no extra. Fellas, there's no outs. You're on first and second. Pretty, and not a can of corn, but a pretty normal little pop-up where the center fielder ran in like, I don't know, a few paces. That's it. <laughs> and the Braves act like it was just routine. Yes, they were like whoever was playing hot corner. Once he tagged them out, he was just like, "Well, what? I guess it's our up. We're up to bat now. Whatever." I would love to hear what the neurons were saying to Olson and to to Harris as they were throwing that ball. Like, is that idiot really that far off the base? What is he doing? Especially Olson. What's I couldn't oh, to double clutch that as. Yoshida did to double clutch it and then go back and tag and try to get to third. Did they get messed up by the sound of the ball hitting the bat? Because you know, I don't like, know. When right. you hear a certain sound, you know, oh man, that's getting clobbered. I need to take off. But all your training says to watch the guy. <laughs> watch Michael Harris. He was doing nothing that wasn't routine. It was just so routine to Harris. I'm so. I'm trying so hard to play devil's advocate here. It's tough. If he dove and makes that play, it's totally different. I'd give you every bit of it if he dove, but no. It was absolutely silly. Uh, So congrats to the Braves, and thank you to those two base runners for helping create a little history for my Atlanta Braves. They're playing some pretty good ball, too, right now. As a Braves fan and a Rangers fan, it's not often I get to almost August, and I feel like I should still be watching both teams, but I am. If, if y'all Astros fans could just tell your team to lay off and let the Rangers have one tonight so we can get out of Houston with a with a little bit of a series lead, would you please? Astros fan texted earlier in the show, choo-choo, here come the champs. Yeah, it kind of feels like that right now. Astros and Rangers again tonight in H-Town. Coming up, Justin Wells from Inside Texas and On3.com. We'll talk some Longhorn football stuff with him. We'll see if he put in a bid on that Arch Manning signed card. That question will piss him off all by itself next on The Horn.